What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment of the Pals Podcast. This week, we had Georgia Corsetti, formerly known as G, Georgia Butsalis, Georgia's little sister, and we had a great conversation. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. First fan member we had on the show. Uh, Georgia is like my, you know, growing up, even though she's my younger sister, she's honestly like a big sister, kind of my spirit animal, um, probably the most adventurous one in the family which has a lot considering that I think I've done quite a bit of adventure. So it was an awesome discussion. Yeah, we obviously talked boxing because I had two undefeated boxers in the studio and we actually had a great conversation about Mount Kilimanjaro and basically she took us through that whole journey and it was such an inspiration. So take a listen, let us know what you think, hit the subscribe button and let's go. Take it away. We've got a big guest coming in. G, G baby, little sister, <laughs> who's Georgia. Ever, who's ever called her G baby? I know. I just like it from my, what's that movie? Hardball. Uh, Hardball. Hard yeah. G baby. Yeah. Um, so Georgia, welcome. First family member on the Palace podcast. Glad to be here. Yeah. Um, for those who don't know, Georgia is my younger sister. Uh, more adventurous. Cooler, better looking. Better looking. All that good stuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so Jordan, welcome to the Pals Podcast. I'm glad to be here. Are, are we going to get the boxing thing out of the way? Because we've got two <laughs> undefeated boxers. Let's just get the boxing plug out of the way so oh, we can move yeah, on yeah. now. Gee, oh. actually, why don't we start with that? Gee, why don't you tell us about your fight? It was Ad, ad Agency Wars? Uh, agency Wars. Agency Wars, yeah. that's it. Okay, tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, my previous career, I worked at a public relations agency. And in 2015, I had the opportunity to try out for Agency Wars. Uh, the year before, one of my colleagues did it, and she thought I'd be a good fit. So it was tryouts in September, fight was in November. Uh, for, I, sorry, for those who don't know, mm -hmm. Agency oh, yeah. Wars is... It's a charity uh, amateur boxing match, and we were fundraising for... Uh, <laughs> it's okay, it's, it's, a, it's a long time ago. Some charity. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we raised some money. It, we There was 10 fights, so two teams of 10, I think. Eight or ten. Uh, and everyone is in agency, PR, marketing, advertising. So a very industry-related yeah. event. And it was cool. So we got to train uh, four or five times a week by the end of it. I had a uh, – my coach was Mandy Bujol, who's an Olympic boxer. She's on the road to – She's the one you said is fighting. Yeah, she's on the road Tokyo. to Japan right now. She fought in Brazil. But yeah. then she ended up getting sick while she was there. So she didn't make it. So it was really cool training under her. Uh, what happened with me was that halfway through training, they wanted me to drop <coughs> to a certain weight. And I didn't, I, I wasn't going to get there because it was way too much. And then I ended up fighting my teammate. So we trained together for the first couple weeks and then they switched her to the other team. So it was a bit more of a respectable fight compared to everybody else, which was nice and a good entryway into, into boxing. I did win the match, which was pretty no cool. No big deal. <laughs> Two <laughs> undefeated <laughs> boxers here. Honestly, I gotta I have to cut you off, Jordan, just to jump in. I still remember when she was training for that fight, and obviously, like it's a good thing we dropped this early to get it out of the way. But that's the reason <laughs> why I did my fight. Um, but again, it's not about me. I remembered watching my sister. <laughs> it's always about. I you. remember Georgia getting ready for this fight, and like she was in the 
And when she was like, you know, she'd come home, we'd be having family dinner. She's eating like literally white, like ch- plain chicken with like mustard on top. That's it. And a little bit of broccoli for terrible. like, what, six, I don't know how many weeks. It ended up being just under two months, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, like, I've never seen you that ripped. Oh, I remember the picture of Georgia when she won with the both hands up. And I'm yeah. like, man, she's jacked. Yeah. I lost something like 20 pounds. And in the last... 20 or 36 hours before my fight, I dropped like six pounds of basically all water weight. It Man, was crazy. We, one of our other guests that's coming on, Justin, he he just had a fight and he dropped 14 pounds in a week and then put on 14 pounds in 24 hours. Oh, 100%. Like, it comes I, on I couldn't crazy. believe it. I was like, that's insane. But I actually wanted to ask both of you, what is the hardest part about training for the fight? Is it the weight loss? Is it quitting drinking, not going out, making time to train? So we'll start with you, G. Uh, so for me, and I'll, so I had just moved in with who Mark, my husband, who was then my fiance. Yeah, I was gonna say you weren't married. Not no, not the moment at the time, but uh, his annoyance was the meal prepping. So our fridge was just full of Tupperware, chicken, and chicken, and I would cook for myself and I'd prep for him. And he's like, I don't want to eat the same <laughs> thing every day. I can hear Mark just in the back, oh, like, oh, Georgia, yeah. can we just like have steak tonight? Yeah. Baked potato. And I wasn't, I was never home. So that was tough too. And you always said, I have a roommate, not a fiance. Yeah. (laughs) It paid off. I think, I think the commitment to the food was definitely the hardest part for me. And I have a huge, I mean, our whole family has huge sweet tooth, but, uh, so Halloween was tough. That was my weakness. Your fight was, was it November? End of November. Yeah. Honestly, I think that's the, I really think that is the hardest. Funny enough, I actually went back today. My first, you know, first session going, well, not first session, but one of my first, uh, like sessions with my old coach and I forgot how hard it really was. Like I was, I was gassed today, but on Jordan's point, the diet is definitely the hardest thing because like losing the weight, it's when they match up with a fighter in boxing, like weight divisions, the weight classes, they're so small and it's, isn't like, like seven pounds or something is a different division. I don't know exactly, but for example, I'm, I'm 200 pounds, give or take walking around might be a little generous, <laughs> but I had, I, they wanted me to fight a 180 and I was trying to get down to 180 and I was like struggling. Mind you, I probably could have done, or stuck to my meal plans a little bit better. You did pretty well. Fighting, pretty I ended up yeah. fighting at 190. I've, but that's the hardest part, I think. The meal plans and like just because you're so hungry every day. Yeah. But you can't. You have to starve yourself. I really plateaued at about 130 and they wanted me to fight at 120. And by the time I actually fought, I was just under 125, I think. And I was like shredded. skin and bones. Yeah, yeah. you were shredded. I, yeah, so it got to a point I was like, if I go anymore, I'll have no energy to fight. That's what I mean. It's like, I remember when I did a fitness contest, I ended up losing the day of the contest, like three or four pounds. And that week, I ended up losing probably about 10 or 15 because I just depleted myself of I remember water. That. You were eating yeah, like celery I, all day I was and basically chicken, right? down to 165. And my like regular weight is like a buck 85. When I'm like really fit, I'm a buck 75. So I dropped down to 165. I remember getting on stage and I was like barely walking. I was like, I'm, I have no energy. I just want to lie down and chug a gallon of water. So I know as soon as we got off the, the stage and they're like counting the scores, I went back and I chugged. The only thing I could find was Diet Pepsi. I hate Diet Pepsi. <laughs> so I'm literally grabbing this two liter like bottle that you get from like Pizza Pizza and just squeezing it down into my mouth. Oh, it was bad, but. Sometimes That's, you got to do it. It, it right? is it's hard, man. It is hard. Like I want to ask because I, I, we haven't like really talked G and I about this. I mean, I had my fight, obviously, but yours was a while ago. Were you when you walked in that ring? What was going through your head? And I'll because I'm going to preface this like because that. when my sister was walking down that ring with the fight, I'm in the crowd and she's like, "Nah, I wasn't into boxing as much yet. I liked it, but never contemplated going in." And I see her walk into the ring with a smile on her face, and I was like, "This is not what a fighter should look like." Georgia's like smiling, she's happy, goes in the ring, she's like waving everybody. I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm going to watch Georgia get knocked out right now." 
and obviously dominated the fight. But what was going through your head that like as you walked in? I was I was trying to stay as calm as possible. I mean, you like the nerves kick in, and then the minute you get into the ring, it slowly starts getting like every, all the noise fades around you, and then you just start focusing in on what you learn, and you hope that your training kicks in, and then all of a sudden the the bell rings and it's like it's silence you end up catching on to one or two voices in the crowd and my coach what she said to me she didn't end up actually being my coach to the fight we had to get neutral parties to be in our corners which was great uh and she just said listen to that one voice hang on to it it'll guide you and that's exactly what happened and it was a colleague of mine i just kept hearing her yell like killer <laughs> i won't do that but it's like going you have to be as calm as possible and just again hope your training kicks in but yeah, yeah. no honestly it was really impressive and that's actually what like literally one of the reasons why i thought ah, if georgia can do it i can do it i mean you don't realize until you start stepping in that ring what it actually takes but honestly like one of the reasons I wanted to get you on here and talk about this kind of stuff is like really deep down. I've said this to my sister before is that she's like my spirit animal and the most adventurous, <laughs> one of the most adventurous people I know, like fearless. I mean, for context, when we were kids, I mean, little story, we were scared of our basement. It was like an unfinished basement. We were terrified. And when I was a kid, my dad would be like, go downstairs and grab like a jar or something. <laughs> and I'm like, Hey George, you want to come down for a walk? She's like, just a baby, just go. And then she would go and like run back up the always, stairs. Like someone's chasing you. Always <laughs> a tough one in the family. Like honestly fearless. So watching that fight, kind of snowballed into it and and i mean yeah it was uh it was okay, impressive now, to watch now that we've got the box <laughs> now, right now, now we can move on okay <laughs> second things i wanted to ask you guys since i got both of you here the climbing the um kilimanjaro okay yeah. that okay, was actually one i've, of I've heard yeah i've georgia. heard george's perspective on it and he basically told me that you were the one like leading the charge on this like stop being a baby like let's <laughs> go her idea the whole time so gee t- first off why'd you want to do that so I have uh, this, the climb was like 10 years in the making. Uh, how it all started originally was I applied to a part-time seasonal Christmas job at Lululemon. For, sorry, for context, for anyone not listening, we're talking about climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just Which we did sorry. in yeah, uh, yeah. January, 2018. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so in, t- I think this was like 2008 or nine, maybe I was applying to this job and a girl I knew from high school worked there and she said, they're going to ask you what your goals are. So throw in something big. Like you want to climb a mountain. She said, I said, I climbed, I want to climb Kilimanjaro. I like, Google what's Kilimanjaro. <laughs> and I looked into it. I was like, this seems cool. I'll throw it in there. So in the interview, the lady was like, what's your one year, five year, 10 year goal. So I kind of stalled cause I only planned one. <laughs> and this was just as I was finishing high school. So I said, okay, my one year goal, get into university. My five year goal, climb a mountain you know maybe Kilimanjaro she's nodding and my 10-year goal I was like maybe start a family I don't know like I couldn't think that far ahead you're like you're, yeah, you're, you're 12 exactly okay so, I was just gonna say. and then uh she at the end of it she turned to me and said your goals are not aligned and they're not authentic that was her feedback to me and I was like cool like <laughs> okay who are you to tell me that yeah <laughs> So after I left, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to show this lady that... <laughs> that my, I'm never going to see ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That I can do it. I guess proving to myself. So then uh, fast forward to 20... I guess it was 2017. Yeah. I, I was married in 2016. I looked at Mark and I said, before I start a family, I want to climb this mountain because I feel like it's the last opportunity. It's not the last opportunity, but it made the most sense. And 
tying to that, when I first met Mark, we were on the beach and I overheard him talking to someone and I heard him say, yeah, me and my mom want to climb Kilimanjaro. And from that moment, I was sold. I was like, obviously, this I'm going to marry guy. this guy. <laughs> so I held him to His it. His five-year plan. Exactly. No, you should have told exactly. me, you're, you're, you're not authentic. I'll tell you exactly. right now, he probably regretted that one around that mountain. But, <laughs> but it's we'll true. Him, him, him and his mom actually did want to do it. And so she was the one, when I came to her and said, I want to do it, she's like, you have to do it. So come, I think it was spring of 2017, I was sitting at home with my family at dinner. I was like, guys, Mark and I are going to go to Africa and we're going to climb Kili. And then that's how George was like, well, I want to come. Yeah. And then. No, wait. FOMO. Sorry to jump in. Didn't it start because we wanted to do like, it was a family trip? Or no, that, it, no. Am I remembering this No, wrong? it started as me and Mark were going to Kili. I think we're going to do January 2018. Yeah. And then on top of that, my dad always had a thing. When I was 16, before Kili, I came home one day and I said, I really want to go to Africa. My intention was to go and volunteer at an orphanage or do something like that. And then he was like, it's funny. When I was 16, I turned to my dad and said, I want to go to Africa, specifically South Africa. So he was always impressed by that. So when I said I was going to go, my dad was the first one to say, well, I've always wanted to go. Christos. Yeah. Christos yeah. <laughs> so then it turned into a family trip. And then it turned into my George's. My got lost in the mail. Just throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. My invite got lost. But... I know. I didn't have a plus one for that one, buddy. Sorry, I would have brought you. <laughs> But that was, a, yeah, that was an amazing trip. And it, Killy for, it was about near the end of the trip to the, or the middle. Um, but, but it that was, was one incredible. Of the, one of the reasons too, like our parents had said, that's actually what kind of snowballed my trip. Like I remember we were at dinner one day and our parents said that, oh, we want to do, you know, let's do like another, one last big family trip because lives are going to change. You guys are yeah. going to go on Yeah, he was getting married. Yeah, and- George is going to be single forever. Everyone's <laughs> going to go, we can't, we can't be your forever. George latching onto us. But that's how it started. And then like, you know, Georgia goes, I want to climb Kildy. And I was like, and Mark, you know, Mark was in tune. I was like, you know what? This seems sick. And then obviously my thing became something bigger, but that's not the point of this story. Um, yeah. And then that kind of materialized and Georgia did all the planning. And so, I mean, you can continue your part of the story, but kind of like take us through what you knew you wanted to go, but then how did you find the group you wanted to guide with? Like what, you know, what made you yeah, choose all these things? Doing research was a little tough because there's so many climb teams you can pick from so I did talk to a few people I knew who had done it or knew people who had done it to give me some advice on what route to take how many days to take some tips and then I reached out I don't even remember how I did this I reached out to a group that then sent me different uh options for different climbs I think they sent me three one was super expensive one was super cheap so I went with the one in the middle thinking it made the most sense And then from there, it was like a six-month plan of what to buy, what to bring, how to train for it. And we can't really do much training in Canada or in Toronto because sure. there's no mountains. So we tried to get in the best shape we could. We really kicked that into like the last couple months, like throwing a Hail Mary. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was. it took a long time to plan the whole trip in general because we ended up jumping around to different parts of Africa, starting with South Africa to Tanzania to do a safari. safari yeah, yeah. And then yeah, our family, our parents <clears throat> left, and then Yanni and Hannah went somewhere else. Me, George, and Mark then did the climb, and then, yeah. Yeah, and that climb, I still remember. So, like, the tour group, just, like, a little side story. I had been traveling at that point because, again, this trip started as a family trip, but then when I realized, okay, this could be something bigger, I had actually met my family. Well, I came home, but we met, like, in South Africa. I was very ill-prepared. I didn't have any gear or anything. Georgia bought me my boots. <laughs> Literally laced them up the day before. George is going in Nikes. But this, oh, speaking of that's my, one of my stories. So I didn't have a winter jacket because I was going after South Africa. I was gonna be in like warm climate. So I was like, I'm not gonna pack this stuff. You can, you can rent it. 
when we go to, when I tell you this stuff was like, <laughs> look like, you know how Nike, when they have championship jerseys and they can't, uh, championship t-shirts, they give them away. <laughs> yeah, and I, that's, that's, the a real, that's a real thing, buddy. Let me tell you, I had a, I had to get a Nike jacket. Like that's clearly been used. So the, during the climb, I had some of my own gear, like my clothes were mine, but the, like the winter stuff, the jacket was like, if you look at the picture, I'm in this red, big Nike jacket. I didn't even know Nike made like snow jackets. Oh, it was, uh, yeah, it was good. But Mark's favorite story to tell is that George also, it was like, it ended up being a really wet week. So they said, you know, make sure you have a raincoat. George had a, like a North face raincoat, but then he ended up renting also like this tarp <laughs> it was this massive like meant for the vietnam war or something it literally looked a, yeah like a, a giant poncho <laughs> but it was it was so handy you ended up being so warm oh i was the i was the most dry like i think it was, well, and mark, mark, had a mark poncho, was right? so pissed because he had a, just a poncho under a light jacket and i was he was really wet one day he was soaked yeah. and we we're talking about the fact that you had an extra raincoat and we didn't think to give it to him, which was, and he's oh, pretty yeah, miserable the, the about pa- that. That like that gray, your, your blue, blue Patagonia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But like, that's so funny. Okay. So then I'll ask you this. Um, that first day we hiked for, I now to my memory fails me. Cause to me, it felt like 13 hours, but it was like seven or eight. If I remember, I think the, the first day, no, the first day was, uh, I think it was something like 10 kilometers, four hours through the forest like all the way yeah. up. What was going through your head when that day ended? Like, what was your, did you think this is sweet? It's going to be amazing. Or did you think this is going to suck? No, it was pretty chill the first day. It was beautiful weather. You start the, the prep towards getting finally on the path takes a long time, a lot longer than I thought. So we get picked up at like nine. It takes you a couple hours to rent the gear, go check in. And then there's crowds of people waiting at the gate to go. So you're hanging around for a really long time and you finally start walking. It must've been like 3 PM. And then you walk for a couple hours and it was beautiful. It was sunny and then it was kind of cool, but nice. Yeah. And then you camp out and you're in this beautiful open area. It was, it was really nice. Yeah. She's so like, Oh, this is going to be great. I um, remember the point where it really hit you. I think. I well, remember. the second, and then the second day was still was that really when you nice. Went to Bronco or the, it was thir- snowing? the third day was the rough day for me. The third day it started to snow. We started hit it. We hit the highest point at that point. I, was, I think just before the is I think Bronco it was, wall or I, Bronco. No, it was. I don't, it was like the volcano. I don't remember. I have the in it. the video. I remember the shot. It's snowing like oh, sideways. Man. And it's it's a place where <clears throat> so, at uh, on certain treks people camp out there, and it was the I thought it was disgusting. It was pretty dirty. Yeah. It was wet. It was the altitude was the highest, and that's when altitude sickness actually hit me, and I felt so nauseous. I had such a bad headache, and we hung out up there to try and acclimatize a little bit. And then I, I so when you say you hang out there, it's like, are you sitting on the floor in like a circle or what are you doing? With, <laughs> it's not yeah. your how well. <laughs> well, what do you mean you're well, hanging out? Are there park benches? No, fair, like, question. fair question. You're fair like, question. We're, we were sitting like a rock boulder and there's people around us with their tents and camping. So we're just trying to find a spot to kind of chill out. I needed to take a rest. I was so tired. You didn't even eat anything. I remember trying to give you like, yeah. a, I think maybe like, like, like a, a chicken. Bar. No, there was also like a chicken drumstick or something. Oh, that's the day we packed. That was the yeah. longest day. We walked for like. 12 I think or it 14 was. kilometers. It was pretty long. We had like, they, cause they packed our lunch. Usually they cook with like the, the porters. They literally packed us our lunch and it was like ch- a chicken drumstick like in a Ziploc bag and like, it's kind of, the food is actually surprisingly not terrible. terrible yeah. Yeah. I mean, I ate pretty good. <laughs> oh, my man's always eating. <laughs> Sorry, it's side note, they say altitude sickness takes your appetite away. Let me nah, tell nah, you. Nah, nah, nah. Did not get altitude sickness. You I can ate, take George's appetite away. Never, I man. ate more on the mountain than I did anyway. Like, I think the entire You have a trip. trick to take George's appetite away. That is a multi-billion dollar oh, business idea right there. Big money there. And, I, well, and the first day of us eating, they just basically made us, it's heavy carbs, and they made us a giant bowl of potatoes <laughs> after we already ate what we thought oh. was the meal. 
So we assume, okay, we eat this and whatever's left over, we like they share. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. It was probably like a whole bag of potatoes. Like, yeah. So we each took (laughs) one or two pieces, which is pretty normal. And then we were like, okay, we're done. Thanks so much. And they got so offended, upset. And they're like, no, you have to keep eating. Like this is ridiculous. George's yeah. like, all right, man. <laughs> Challenge accepted. Say less. <laughs> so moving moving on, Mark and I would eat like three quarters of our meal as that, like soup first. and we'd shove it over to George yeah. to finish it, so we wouldn't get in trouble. I honestly, yeah, I was helping. I was carrying the. You gotta carry the team, man. You gotta help everyone out. Man, eating Olympics, Listen, if, George would be a gold look, medalist. If no Georgia, questions if, asked. if Mark would, you know, if Mark provides some like comic relief and all the trip, Georgia provides like the strategy and the motivation. I was supporting us with the food and the fuel, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> But sorry, you. No, I was gonna say. In? So take us. So we've we've hit the spot. You've hit the altitude sickness. Mm-hmm. You're sick and tired of trying to eat all the food that they're giving you. For context, too, where we were when Jordan got sick. That's kind of because we went in dry season, right? Or no, wet, wet season. Because in the wet, in the, wet and warm, cold and dry. So we were wet and warm. Wet yeah. And warm. And yeah. So like it freezing. wasn't super cold the first like, couple days. Mm-hmm. It was just really wet. So when we were in that camp where Jordan got sick, that's when the snow started hitting too a little bit, and it was like gets then it gets really muddy. And you start to get just like not super cold, but that's like wet rain or it's wet that, snow. It's, that, da- it's too, that dampness yeah. where yeah. your bones are cold. Yeah, yeah. So it was so, tough. But then the minute you start coming down from the altitude, like you literally feel it lifting off you. And yeah. It was the most relieving feeling ever. And then one thing that uh, we ended up running into this group of Greek mountaineers and yeah. I caught up with them at the very beginning. I heard them talking Greek. Obviously, I went over to say hello. You saw them at like the base camp when we first took off. Yeah, and one of the ladies had, uh, her name was Tasia, which is our mom's name, um, ended up, she had summited Everest a while, a couple That's years crazy. before. First Greek, I think first Greek lady to do Something it. Something like that, yeah. yeah. And she's like this little, short, 50, middle-aged 40, lady, 50. yeah. And then when I saw her, she looked at me and she said, you should have just thrown up. And I thought, because they check you every day for your pulse, your blood pressure, yeah. your how you're feeling, nausea, headache. And I was afraid that if I told them I felt sick, they'd make me turn back. But she said, you're better off throwing up, almost kind of like puke and rally. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Pull the trigger. knowing that in hindsight, it would I would have probably felt a lot better. But again, I was really afraid. Yeah. And then... Well, they uh, got mad at you for not finishing the potato. Yeah, Imagine exactly, if you threw up, right? Exactly. Wow, she's not finishing the potato and she's throwing up. <laughs> on that note, though, like our porters, I will say, which we we can get when we get to the end, we'll explain more about them. But they were, our team was amazing. Incredible. Like, that's one thing. And Georgia said, too, because, you know, there's you see groups going up. And I was like, you know, Astrid, I'm like, why is it just us three? There's no other one else. And two points that she made, which honestly proved invaluable. Georgia's like, we're going to spend the next seven days together. So you have to go with people that are not going to drive you crazy, which... It's very valid. But also the porters we had, so you have a big team. They're carrying everything. Your job is to walk, basically, hike. Um, but our team was amazing. They said from the beginning, they're like, you guys seem like you're motivated. You're good. We're going to get you all up there. We're all making it. No one's like, we'll make sure you make it up there. If we have to stop, we'll stop. If we have to move faster, we'll fast, whatever. But they, like, everything told us to hydrate. Every time mm-hmm. they saw us not drinking, they would stop us, drink, all this stuff. So, like, to your point, when she wasn't feeling good, too, like, they're, they're there with you trying to help you make, they want you to get to the top. Yeah, yeah obviously. Exactly. And but these guys, sorry, go ahead, G. No, no, they're incredible. And what we found that we were often one of the first groups to leave camp in the morning and 
the last group to arrive to camp yeah. at, in yeah, the but evening. Yeah, at the end of the day, it doesn't you matter how time. You, you got yeah. up to the top, right? And that's what really matters. Absolutely. Imagine trying to rush up there. And uh, I think you've, ex- George has explained this to me before. You're taking such small steps yep. because you can't go too fast or else the, sick, the altitude gets to you. Mm-hmm. You can't go too, or you can't, I guess, go sideways because there's only one path that you can really exactly. take. So you're literally taking these one foot steps, not even. Right? And, and you take your time and then you succeed. And <clears throat> the, there's nothing wor- worse than seeing people coming down as you're going up, like either right near the end or even by D2. People rushed so fast that... They, they, turn they, they turn around and you yeah. don't get your money back and that's the end of your experience. And I mean, I think that motivates the most, I guess. So to jump from this camp now, so there's like, how many camps? Is there five? So, yeah, I think Five so. or six. You had a few checkpoints, right? I think after this point where, where G had got, like wasn't feeling well, we came, started going back down to our next camp. But then the following <laughs> day, I think that was the point where we saw those kids passing us. Around that time, there was <laughs> yeah. a family. Like kids? Oh, like okay. kids. So, you can explain this. Yeah. So there's a there's a, a company in, in the States, and you you pay like six, seven, eight grand. Um, Tus- uh, Tusker? Tusker. Tusker. And like, like, you're, and like, like their porters are equipped with like top of the line They're sponsored. Stuff. Like you're, Patagonia yeah, jackets. Exactly. Their whole team was with Patagonia jackets, like North Face gear. So They're sorry, because like, I, I don't even know how much does it cost to climb the mountain. So ours ended up being- like Per oh, person. Maybe close to two US two thousand US dollars. Okay, that's roughly just from that's start m- to finish. That you give some no tips. Like you give some tips to your yeah, no, no, yeah, just, no for the, just for just the just to get up the mountain seven yeah. days. Two yeah, days. and okay. you can go as cheap as a thousand. You can go as expensive as eight, eight ten. Okay. Yeah. So th- you pick the two thousand because it's not the cheap and it's not the most expensive. It's exactly. Kind of like good a middle. Re- I think they had good. Re- this person had good reviews. Yeah, really and good someone reviews. recommended them to you. Do they have or Ricky no, reviews or? That's a plug right there. Google reviewer right here. Hey, you should get get up the red review. Oh, I, 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 feel, I can't do that. I've never been there. I've never done I'm it. I'm saying get up to the mountain. Oh, get, oh, and right. we owe them a review. Me. I feel so bad. We said we'd review them. I still Gee, haven't. I got you. <laughs> so I'll review them based off this conversation Perfect. for you. But uh, so we got to a point and the, these two young kids are in this group. That are we talking like 10, us. 8, 6? Uh, I think one was 11 or 10 and one was like not, 7, seven or 8. Wow. Yeah. So he was... I found out afterwards because I looked him up. He was potentially the youngest to, to summit, summit. Killy. He was going for the record. And Meanwhile, they- George is just like, hey, kid, you going to finish <laughs> those potatoes? <laughs> that, was a- <laughs> that, was, that was an easy one. That was so, really- that was so good. Potatoes. They were probably in like gourmet meals. George is like, yo, kid, give me your arm. <laughs> But, on, but he, <laughs> sorry, that was good. That was but so, the, so to talk about this kid and what the most genius thing I think we did was we added on to our climb, a private washroom. Someone who had climbed it told me that you can get a toilet tent. So essentially it's like a tiny porta potty that they, they take up for you. So it's nasty, but yeah. it was so helpful. Everyone else has to go in the bushes and there's very limited space clean oh, yeah. space and we had a little toilet and when you get or, up there too like it gets even in that thing it's still cold so like it doesn't help much from the elements but pulling out your little willy and it's <laughs> freezing cold you're like trying to you know if you're squatting out there like it's not, not pleasant to be up Especially there but in so the middle of the night this yeah. little port- is it like a little kind of tiny toilet yeah that they just like set up a, and then you kind of just go in, and you into and, the, and a tent is around you, you. ever oh. seen those like boat like on a uh, on a boat there's like they're they're like really small toilets that you have to almost like pull a handle under you, you step on something exactly that it yeah. it's pretty much what it's like okay or like the rv one like we had another yeah, yeah. yeah like just like that a little yeah. tiny thing and they clean it out every like 
it's kind of oh, kind of gnarly. But so we, we you, tip that guy very yeah, well. Oh, yeah, yeah, you have to. You have to <laughs> that guy. Well, actually, I was one of my questions was gonna ask like, how do you go to the bathroom? Like, are you wiping with leaves here? Or you got toilet you, paper? You, you bring wipes and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. but you, well, you, that's the other thing too. So on that note, you don't shower for seven days, oh, which is that's oh, gnarly. Yeah, <laughs> that's what gnarly. Yeah. This is PG. This this podcast. <laughs> we're not gonna. Yeah. No, but it's. I mean, you do like the baby wipe shower. Yeah. At the same time, the too, Italian you're shower. So, you're, you're so the <laughs> axe deodorant. <laughs> Honestly, you don't it, like. You just don't notice it because you're not really like. I don't think we you sweat that much. But you're so cold, you wouldn't want to take a shower anyway. Yeah. Like, it's freezing, and you're covered in so many layers. It's trapped in there. So if yeah. you do smell, you're like you're okay. Yeah, but it's like yeah. everybody else is on the same boat. Exactly. You are. Like nobody, even no the luxury showered. guys, don't have. Showers coming up with them or something. And if you did, you wouldn't want to. You're so, like cold. you said, yeah. you're so cold. There's no benefit, right? Yeah. But on that on that note, those kids, I remember kind of the point they passed us. And the thing is, too, because I, I turned to Georgia and I was like, are you allowed to climb at that age? Because I think there's a certain age limit for most tours. But 16, I think, is yeah. typically the limit. They're, so we asked our porters and they their dad is a doctor. So their dad was, I guess... Well, in medical practice yeah, or whatever. Yeah. So he had signed off saying he's liable and responsible for their well-being. I still don't know if they, I don't remember if they made it up. They, they, they did, did make it up. Yeah, it up. yeah. Because I I googled this kid. I remember his name was like, his name was this Cash. Kid. Something Cash? like Cash. Cash. Hey, cool wow. names. Yeah. That's so, a cool name. And he they Cash. they recorded him as being the youngest, but the previous youngest person was say like if he was eight years and four months they were trying to figure out the month discrepancy oh. and so it's kind of still unknown because they couldn't find that other kid i haven't looked it up in a while right, but cash man shout out that kid <laughs> yeah but when because they, they had a kid oh we can fast forward that after but when you summit you climb overnight they had to wait to the morning to start summiting oh. so they had to climb in the in the dead the of worst. heat like the sun is blazing on you it sucked climbing overnight because it was freezing and it was dark and it sucked but also you're climbing in the sunshine. You're really hot, but you're cold. And the snow is so slippery from everyone already walking it. So I wouldn't, I don't recommend a young yeah. kid going it. Also, there's a, uh, unless you your reach, name's Cash <laughs> and you do what you want. Destined <laughs> for greatness. Yeah. But when you reach a certain altitude, it, it causes brain damage. So that's what they don't your allow. Brain, oh. it's, it's, it gets, um, uh, your brain cells. You're in the death zone. Exactly. Like, as they say, I don't know at what point that is on, on, on Kelly. Like I know on Man, Everest. We've had two doctors on and we haven't asked them. About this <laughs> well, yet. on Damn. Everest, I, be, I could be wrong. I believe it's once you hit 6,500, either 6,000, 6,500, somewhere in that range. It's called the death zone. It's where there's such limited oxygen. You're, like your brain yeah, is okay. slowly dying. Uh, but yeah, like it's obviously not something super safe. Like your brain thinking, isn't developed yet at that age. That's right. the, that was the logic that the, yes, the, yes. our guides told us. Uh, but he did it. And then, yeah, dope. crazy. But that's one of the things too. Like that's... You wanna, sorry, you no, I was going to say, but I think better than that was the 80-year-old couple that passed Damn. us. <laughs> oh, oh, Cash yeah. Senior. <laughs> the old, the, on, the, on the summit day. So yeah. even before we jumped to that, like that, yeah. that's when... So I didn't feel um, altitude at all. I don't think Mark did until the last... You maybe? guys started getting around like, I think day f day four, day five. So right before we got me, to like base... Yeah. They called, sorry, for context as well. Base camp is usually the lowest mountain, like an Everest. Base camp is like the first camp. Here they call base camp right before the summit. Okay. So just so in case anyone get listening and gets confused, but base camp is like you get to base camp and then it's a summit push the next day. Um, so I think I don't I can't remember if Mark Jordan can probably attest. To I, I remember this. George, you telling me stories around day four or five that you and Mark were just miserable together. So, and then Georgia was the only one that's like, guys, let's go, come on, we're so close. Like, yeah. Well, I'm show, I'm showing here. The, I'm looking at my photos now because we 
at every camp. We we're going to share photo. all these photos online as well, at Instagram the, and everything. At the end yeah. of day three, we gotta which show, is we gotta the post day, a picture of the porta potty too. You guys I don't it? know if I got oh, one. I might have one. Actually. We're gonna post one of those too. <laughs> at the end of day three is the day I felt sick. I'm looking at the photo. Me and Mark are smiling, and George has his thumbs down. Yeah. So he started. He started feeling. Yeah. Kid didn't give him his potatoes. And then from I'm that point, like potatoes, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, man. From that point, it started getting really rough in terms of cold and wet, and yeah, it sucked. That <laughs> no, but that was the point too. So now, okay, so I guess naturally, so now we're getting up to like base camp, and, and base camp so is close. like the day away from the peak, right? Exactly. You, I, I can't even remember this part. So you, it's five days up, but day four, you do like a double hike. Day five. Day five, you hike up to base camp. It's like a seven hour, six hour, seven hours. And yeah, you basically like get there like, let's say you get there mid early afternoon. Then you stay there all day and just chill. You do nothing. You read. I was just going to say, what is doing nothing there? Because there's no cell phones, obviously no internet. <laughs> no, like, no cell phones. So what are you doing? Like reading, playing cards? You guys I, play Monopoly I read, Deal so or something? I, actually, like, I didn't even know the book. I read Sapiens when I was there, which is a, like, it's a decent one. So I, that, I think seven, day, like five days when you have nothing but time to read it, you go through pretty fast but we, we would eat and like sit I think, at the I think table we played, and nap. we played heads up a lot i'm pretty oh, yeah, sure we, played yeah, our, yeah. And our, we had a food tent and we ended up spending a lot, a lot of time, time there, there. <laughs> but well, there was, it's so true though when you have nothing to do like i remember studying for exams back in university in high school i would eat like five times a day it's like oh it's been two hours yeah. i deserve a break good <laughs> i'm gonna go eat yeah. but you lose oh, your shit. appetite the higher you get so you don't want to eat yeah, or like you want to <laughs> Man, I, okay, I'm, I'm no, done. no, I don't. Oh, oh. <laughs> too many, too many potatoes. Okay, chair almost broke. Okay, so we're on the double hike now. You, you hike to base camp. You're you're almost there. Then the next take us. Yeah, so you hang out and then uh, you eat dinner maybe around seven or eight o'clock and they say now take PM a, or AM PM. Okay, they say take a rest and then at around ten thirty PM they wake you up. And I took a little bit of a nap. Sorry, where, where you sleep? Do they set up like a little tent yeah. and sleeping bags? Yeah. yeah. So Jordan and Mark had a, no, Jordan and Mark had a tent, and then I had a tent. Uh, it's pretty lonely over there, but you know, <laughs> I, I was like, just hanging out. <laughs> I was just reading a lot, you know, <laughs> just me and my thoughts. Um, no, but yeah, you're supposed to. <laughs> they, uh, you just yeah, you spend t- like seven to ten. You kind of sleep, and yeah, they wake you up ten thirty, and then. And at the at when you're at base camp again, like so we we got there. You see people coming down from the summit, which is cool because you're like, hey, we're, you're really, really close. But end of day five ended up being the I'm looking at most snowy, coldest day. So it was it was pretty terrible, yeah. and everything was soaking wet. So I remember at that point, uh, our team was amazing, and they set up our tents in the best spots. But I remember there was one team, they got set up basically in a puddle, and all of their stuff was soaking oh, yeah. wet. It was so it was brutal. And then oh my god. <laughs> It's a nightmare. On top of it, and I don't know if we'll get these guys in trouble, but everything was soaked, our shoes, everything. So we asked them, do you have like a little candle? But So you're not allowed to have fires up on the mountain because it sucks out oxygen. Oh, I didn't really? even know that. So they ended up giving me and Mark a candle, and we started trying to dry off our shoes and our gloves, and it, it burned pretty fast, but it helped even so a little say bit. That again, you're not allowed to have candles up there? Fi- so fi- how, no fire. How do you read? At night, or flashlight. flashlight, yeah, oh, flashlight. yeah, headlamp, yeah, yeah, flashlight, headlamp. and headlamps, yeah. I mean, I think they ha- can have something for cooking <laughs> no, purposes, like well, an element, but um, yeah, yeah, and they have a you heat anything, yeah. Up, yeah. Right? They, uh, yeah, that last day, I remember, like, it was 
the way they set up the camps too, because everywhere on each part of the mountain, it's like a designated camp, right? So they have to kind of keep it contained to that. So uh, at base camp, you're like in this area and it was snow and rain that day. And, and actually, like I know I shot a video of this. And if you see the video, you can see us all like it's very wet and like just puddles of mud everywhere. There's like a little, uh, there was a little shack, right? Up there. Yeah. There's like a little hut house. So you kind of hang out under there for cover. But that... At oh, that so there's point, like a little. There, a, there's like checkpoints, and they have little like huts little of huts people there. Like yeah, emerge, like I guess it might be medical emergency. I don't remember exactly, but that's the point where things get like really get real. Leading up to that, it's a lot of just walking, and it's just more like monotonous. You're putting like you said one foot in front of the other. You walk really slow, but then when you get to that base camp, you're like, holy shit! Like I'm this close. You can see it. You're really starting to feel the altitude because it's the highest point that you you're sleeping at. Because usually yeah. you go up and you go to a high, the highest point. You come down. Let's say. You know, if you climb a thousand meters, let's say you come down 200 meters, that extra 200 meters helps you acclimatize. Not always, doesn't always help, but that's the logic behind how you hike each day. So now at base camp, you're... And and base camp elevation is 4,600 and you're summiting at 5,895. Yeah. So we had to climb... 1,285 meters. Roughly. Last day. Wow. The last day. So, but you're sleeping really high. And the point where I initially got sick was about 4,000 meters. And to help combat that, they just say the best way to combat altitude sickness is drink more water. Like we were also taking elevation yeah. pills and you um, get the shakes by the end of it. What is it? Dexa. Um, yeah. I forget the name of it. It'll come to me. But there's, there's certain pills you take when you start to feel the altitude you're supposed to take them. It basically helps you prevent like hypo- uh, hypoxia. And What's um, hypoxia? Sorry. Hypoxia is like, your, um, I might be making, I might be saying it wrong. Um it's altitude sickness. Altitude sickness was a word for it. It's, uh, there's two types. Hold on. Um, anyways. Well, yeah. Yeah. Regardless. So anyways, at, when you get to base camp, you're we're there. I'm looking at the time. We're there at about 1 p.m. And then at 11 p.m. they set you up. They're like, get ready to climb. Of course, I have a photo of George eating. He's eating popcorn. <laughs> I see. Oh, the pop- popcorn. Was, oh, yeah, the popcorn was amazing. Was, yeah, the that best. was amazing. The best thing on every day. Yeah. How do they make pop? So hey. yeah, they must have some sort They have of, yeah, heat, heat for sure to help yeah. out. And then you just, you get up and it's... <sighs> All you see up the mountain are little like snake trails of light. So you can't see anything. You just see little headlamps going up this mountain that looks like it never ends. And it felt like it never ended. Can you? Sorry, sorry. just to jump in. I just want to correct myself. It's not, I don't think it's hypoxia. It's acute mountain sickness. Uh, it's cere- it's a uh, pulmonary edema and cerebral edema. But that's like severe, severe. Yeah, yeah. So you, you take these things to prevent that. I guess, if I'm not mistaken, it like thins the blood and get, helps you uh, adapt okay. more. But that was, yeah, like going up that day, that's, I'll still never forget that. Waking up at night, you're like, you're not really tired. You don't sleep very well on the mountain. Like it's, you're not rested every day. Yeah, but you're sleeping on the floor in a sleeping bag. Exactly. Right? But you can listen to music. Like you don't have music on. During the days when you're hiking, you can. But once you How would you have music if your phone dies after like the first day or something? We had a portable charger that was yeah. pretty oh, great. Yeah, so the like first few days you'd listen for a bit. Then we'd talk for a bit. Then listen. And I guess your porters carry all this stuff too. So it's like. Yeah. You probably had like two or three portable chargers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah One each, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then when you're that day starting to go up the mountain, when you wake up and you start hiking, it phone dies. There's no more potatoes. <laughs> like, like oh, you're just buddy. like, get me up to the top. Even if there was potatoes, I'll tell you, first time in my life, I couldn't eat a, anything. Oh man! I, All right, you trying to lose weight? Here we go. Billy's yeah. <laughs> dollar idea. You got to lose weight before live, a wedding. Live on Killy. Boom. Go to Killy. <laughs> no, but I still, I'll never forget. So I'm gonna take this in, in steps now because it's there's a lot that happens in this time now. 
it's like 10 hours, eight, 10 hours eight of hiking. Hours. The first hour, I'll, I'll start with this. You're walking, and I'll never forget. We're going really slow. It's pitch black. You have a headlamp to guide you. The wind's going sideways right now, so snow's also, coming across. Also, it's windy, too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that and is it was hell. it was definitely the worst day. It was snowing. It was windy, and our porters were like, our guides were like, yeah, this isn't great. But meanwhile, <laughs> they're we were, trying to hold it together for lo- you guys, and they're like, I right, f this. No, but we're in like five layers of meanwhile, clothing. Meanwhile, Cash on is each. up at the top of the mountain already. <laughs> he wasn't there yet. But we we're in five layers of clothing. One of our guides didn't even wear gloves. Crazy. Nuts. One yeah. jacket, and no jeans. gloves. Yeah. One was wearing jeans. Jeans, jeans and a jacket. Didn't <laughs> and, and also, so they, going back to the thing about water, you're supposed to drink three, um, so like four a, or five liters. Uh, they say. Yeah, because I have the big. I had a two liter Nalgene, or a, yeah, two liter Nalgene, and I was drinking three of those each day. I, th- I think I saw our, our guide on the last day have a little Nestle, like the thing here, little tiny 500 milliliter bottle of water up and down like 13 hours. That's nuts. They're just, because I guess they're, they're, they're there all the time. They I do think, this for a living. I think right? he's done 20, one of their main guide, he, 20 summits The guide says he climbs in peak season twice a month and it takes about a week and then off season once a month. Yeah. Wow. And the porters can go up to like three times a month or yeah. something. What? Yeah. yeah. It's, they don't summit. So they go up so to the 4,600 yeah, yeah. and then, we had two guides and one guy assisting. That, we all that was his first time going up. That was his first up. time going up. He that was, was cool. cool. He's actually in the video at the end dancing. I think I do this little dance at the end of the video. Yeah. He's in. He was actually, he was great because I was actually, for context as well, I was shooting like a video yeah. for this. So when I was shooting it, for the most part, you can carry, I could do it myself. I could, like my hands were, when weren't too cold each day. But the last day I wanted to obviously shoot the summit. But it, so Within that first hour, I'm carrying a small backpack with water and my camera, basically. That's it. And a couple extra, like, socks. And I wanted to stop every every maybe, like, hour or two is my plan. Take my camera out, shoot, like, a 30-second clip, put it back put in. Put it back in and keep going. But I was – that within that first hour, I got really – me and Mark started to get really hit with, with uh, altitude sickness. So I didn't even have the energy to, like, get my thing out. They're like, hey, I, like, I, had, a, I had a granola this, yeah. bar. I went to take a bite. I thought I was going to be sick. So I didn't eat the, that. The, the One of the guides was – uh, hand like feeding me my juice box because I didn't have the energy to take the straw and put wow, it in. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah. yeah, you just really you you're drained. It. Yeah, and and the the guy. Hey, sorry, no, no. Go ahead. To put it in context, like, can what can you relate that to for someone who's never? I've never climbed. So what would it feel like? Like, is it like the worst hangover of your life when you just can't get out of bed? And imagine not. It felt like I honestly felt like I didn't sleep for forty eight hours. I was so tired. I wanted and to fall into the snow. Feel and like a zombie sleep. almost. You're like a zombie. You're moving so slow. Your whole body's aching. You're freezing. Your toes are cold. Everything just sucks. Remember when? A hundred percent. No, honestly, that's you. That's the thought. We're you gonna were, get to the good parts, yeah, guys. Yeah, don't yeah. worry. <laughs> but remember when we were when we got food poisoning? Yeah. And you everything you like kind of ate just came back. Just, you were just miserable. That's what it kind of yeah. felt like. A little bit worse, but that's what I'd compare it to. Probably food poisoning because what when you eat, it's just gonna come back out. Or, or you, you don't, don't have you an don't appetite. Have you don't, yeah, have, you don't you even have. You can't do anything because yeah. you just can't get out of bed. But then the worst part, you said, like after an hour, you're like, oh, we must be pretty far. You turn around and you can still see your tent, yeah. and you're like, that's the worst feeling ever. And it plays mind games with you because, so now like you're moving like from hour one to two, you're like, okay, I think you see lights moving in the distance. You see lights coming behind you, little headlamps, but then you also see like peaks. So the moon gives off enough light too that you can kind of see outlines of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, oh, I see the peak. You get there, you're like, oh, there's the next peak. Oh, there's another. And this is, and then you look at your watch. You're like, I've only been doing this for two and a half hours. The best yeah. part is, I've, I'm like, every five minutes, I'm like, I want to go on this. I'm like, oh, no, 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 I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm in, I'm in. No, 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 no. It's like I've decided, and in my head, to go on this my, climb and to not go like ten different times in this thirty minute conversation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. so take yeah. it. So again, you're 
you're about two, three hours in. George is feeling like crap. G, how you feeling? Terrible. Both feeling like crap. And that's crap. when I even started to get hit with it where I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And I leaned a lot on them to help, on Mark and George to be like, well, you can, we can all do this. You so see, one- yeah, but first, sorry to cut you off. You did not seem that way because <laughs> I, can, I don't, I don't want to say the words Georgia used on that mountain. <laughs> uh, yeah, you've told me this story. Before. But like, at one she point, was carrying the team. me and Mark were seriously contemplating. Like, we're like, should we turn back? Like, man, I feel terrible. Is George this is even like, worth it? In a, in a PG version, like, I've come this far. We're this close. Suck oh, it up. We're going up. I was like, hold But I was God, also doing that scared. to like help myself. Right. But then the best point. It's a mental battle, right? Was about halfway through. We're sitting down. We're taking a break. And this, again, 80-year-old couple passes us. And he goes, we're halfway there, kids. And yeah. just goes past us. And I look at the guys. I'm like. Okay, we have to pick yeah. up. Like, we got to get going. I remember that point. Yeah. Seven year old and an eighty year old. That's <laughs> when you were drinking. Was it the? I think that's when we took our yeah. juice box break. Yeah. I remember much the, needed. A juice box break. You can. You don't need <laughs> anything that whole day. And you're and like you're also going to the washroom in the middle. I was just gonna of say that, but I don't know if I want to say that story. I had to go to the washroom at that point, like every I don't know how often. But yeah, like, you're drinking a lot of water, and you're you're but you have to go. Yeah. So you're dr- hiding behind I'm rocks. I'm pissing my pants at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, pulling like five layers down. So right, it's cold. Right, I'm going to warm myself up. <laughs> no, <laughs> you can't do that, man. Cause it gets even colder as we're yeah. going up here. Yeah. So and then, can, can you see, like, I know you said you can see parts of like peaks with the mount uh, with the light from the moon. Can you see like the summit, like no. the peak? No, no that's so a you, trick, right? It's not a point. You see like the, the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And that's what drives you and motivates no, you. You don't, it's a, because it's a flat top. You think you're seeing the yeah. peak, but you really don't at any point. Oh, when you get so, such a mental So psych. what they say too, and there's like, it's almost in a crater. So you hit yes. the top of the crater and at that point, so it's called Stella's point. And that we hit that at 6.30 AM. Okay. we started about 1130 yeah. PM. Yes. 630 uh, AM. Yeah. We hit it. And so we're a bit slower than the pace. We're we like were, maybe a 30 to an hour behind the pace. We yeah. should have been. But we took our time yeah. and we hit that. And actually, I, I won't forget, as we were about to reach it, our guide was like, we're about literally 40 minutes away. We oh. saw a guy coming down and the guides talk. And he said he didn't tell his guide that he wasn't feeling well. And he just missed the rim. And when you hit the rim, they'll give you the certificate of completion, even though you don't hit the summit. So he just oh, missed it. Yeah. So it's no. Sella's point. We hit oh, it at 630. The sun it started to get bright. Yeah. Everything was frozen. My hair was frozen. George's beard was frozen. And that's, I remember the picture. That's the yeah. photo I have on my Instagram. I actually saw that in that photo, George is like, you, you kind of screwed it up because what happened was we take a break there, right? So I had my, I put my camera out to get a shot for the video and I took my phone out to get a picture of us. And I remember I took out my glasses and I have those like mountaineering glasses that have the frames that block the side. I took them out and I put them on and then you can see my, my beard is frozen. My like everything, my like nostrils, my eyebrows. But Jordan was telling me, she's like, you should have got a picture because even my, like our eyelashes he were frozen. He had snowflakes on his eyelashes yeah. frozen there. It was crazy. But you don't so feel cold. it either. Like you're just. It must have been like negative 20. I think it that's was what windy. they said. Neg- yeah. yeah. Man, that sounds like But hell. then <laughs> at that, yeah. And, that, and at that point. <laughs> frozen eyelashes. <laughs> and then you're like, sweet, you're almost there. Like you have an hour left. Yeah. And even then you're like, come on, like this has just to end. Just get me up to the yeah. top of this <laughs> So then the sun is slowly starting to peek through and then you start going more level. There's a little bit of an incline still, but you're more level. So it does get a bit easier, but we were trekking through snow. It must've been like two feet of snow or something. It got hard at the top, but no, no, it was your feet sink a little more at the top because it's mm -hmm. the layer like the the snow cap. And then you kind of come around a corner and at this point the sun is shining and you can see, you know, you're near the top. Well, you can now see the sign and you're like, Oh my God. And Thank uh, God. Okay, yeah. the feeling when you just climb to that peak. Yeah. Like you, you first step foot, you get up there. What's it like? 
it makes it all worth it. It is, it, it's cool. Like you're amongst the clouds, there's clouds under you. It, it's almost like just pure white space around you. It's you, like you for honestly. Very euphoric. Yeah. You, so uh, now I'll go back. When you first left, the, going back to the beginning, the day we left, Georgia goes, says to me, and I'll never forget this. She goes, you know, people cry, cry at the summit. I was like, losers, who cries? <laughs> we get to the summit. <laughs> Georgia, me and Mark kind of standing in like a triangle almost. We see the sign. We're waiting our turn to kind of go up and touch it. And look at Jordan, I see her crying. Hold on, no, no. Oh, I sorry. wasn't crying first. You started crying. Oh, first. No. <laughs> I we wanted, just, we I, just peaked the mic, the, the sound there. I, call, I heard damn, you say George that outed. on the, uh, on one of the I first you podcast. First, no, oh, yeah, I looked at you. You're like, are you crying? I was like, no. And then you started You started tearing up. And then I started tearing up after that. I don't even that, remember crying. I guess I'm guess i a loser. I, I, <laughs> no, I the, no, I'm it's, kidding. It's, I'm, it's, there's so many emotions. No, I'll tell you. Exhausted I, I am too. not even embarrassed that I cried. That feeling you feel when you hit the top. Because you you think at the beginning you're all riding confidence. Everyone probably thinks it. I mean, you can you know, have the most or least confidence in the world. When you first leave, you're like, oh, this is easy. I can do this. It's just hiking. Yeah. The last day you really doubt yourself. And you're like, I came this far. If I don't make it, I'm going to be so pissed. I'm that close. So when you get there, I don't know. I, it, it was one of the best feelings I've ever felt in my life. And it's kind of the reason what made me doing other things. But that was like, I'll so never forget that. I always say that when I, uh, back to boxing, when I won the fight, I told Mark, because we were getting married the following year, the wedding has a lot to live up to. I don't know if it'll beat that feeling. And then obviously the wedding did. Oh, and best then, wedding ever. And, Honestly, best wedding ever, yeah. <laughs> and then when we summited Killy, I was like, it just keeps getting better. Like, yeah. there's no feeling like accomplishing something you dedicated the last week to. And it's kind of like... Well, last week. Sorry, yeah, for yeah. you, not even a week. Gee, for me, it was probably a week. Because like, or I guess a year I wanted to do it. You had this... You talked about going to Africa for like... 10 years. Yeah. Plus, this you was, did this all was the planning. Yeah. This was literally like people true. say, you know, you know that saying. It's like this is my, this is your Everest, like your biggest thing, and that was literally to yeah. that point was your Everest because that was the thing you wanted to do the most. Yeah. And that honestly, your point is is very accurate. There's no feel like there's no feeling like set like having something you really want to get or really want to achieve and achieving it. Like even though they again for context, like it's one of the seven summits. Which I think it's the coolest thing. You don't have the the. the the technical aspect of like Everest. You don't need crampons and yeah. like, it's more. Any, everyone, honestly, anyone, anyone can. can do it. You just gotta, it's well, a, a seven year old cash and exactly. 80 year old, yeah. whatever you need mental, you need mental toughness. You just got to push it all past it. And honestly, you just gotta like, take your time, take your time. Don't rush. Like, yeah, it, it's, but it was one of the coolest feelings. Now, once you get there, it's the best feeling in the world. Coming down is probably I don't know if it's as bad or worse. I hated it. Going down was worse because you're just kind of now you don't have to climb with that. You just speed walk the whole way down, but the sun is up now. I never had a worse migraine in my life or a headache in my life. The sun is pounding on so you. So hot because you're in five layers. So I ended up going down to almost a t-shirt, but I had five layers of pants on, and you can't take those off because your shoes are on. So I was just sweating the whole way down. I almost I jumped into the snow at one point to cool off, which was pretty dumb, but <laughs> did it anyways. And then. George and I are taking our time going down and Mark is just running Mark's down like, the hill. Guys, and this, is, this is Mark coming <laughs> off like breaking all these bones the following year before. So I was like, great. I'm going to have to like wheel him down the rest of the hill. <laughs> we, we all made it, but it ended up being a lot tougher because you're all that downward pressure on your knees. Yeah. I ended up really injuring my hip by the end of it, which is, I still have a hip injury from it. I had a knee. So my knee actually going on then, uh, when I ended up running that uh, in Spain, like that half marathon, the first one, my knee was, I could still feel it because it was only a few months later. Like my knees still, I still think that that impacts it because you're going down on like rocks. Even once you're down the summit, you stay at like, you get halfway down, you stop at a camp, you spend one last night on the mountain. 
But at that point down, there's no snow left, but it's all dirt, like hard dirt trail and rock. Mm-hmm. So your knees are like, you're pounding. pounding. By the time you get off, your legs are shot. And then I still remember like the last day we're at the camp, we're hanging out. Then we hike down. And as soon as you're coming down, you see the sign that says like, thank you congratulations. for congratulations. Yeah. Come, congratulations. I come again or something like that. And I remember the, the whole way down, we're all saying, we're never doing this again. This is stupid. Like, why would we ever do this? Then you leave, you're having a beer, you're in the van heading back to the hotel and you look back and you're like, that was a cool You're like, I, no, you're like, I could do that again. 100%. You forget that. That's the thing too is like often, but like that's a, when you're trying to accomplish something, the pain, it like leading up to it, all that anguish, all everything, once you accomplish it, you're still miserable for a while, but that stuff goes away pretty fast. Yeah. Like you, you typically forget. Yeah. Right? You only remember the good, right? Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that was... Uh, in my opinion, this has been my favorite story we've told on this <laughs> podcast. Like, I, I felt like I was there through the misery, through the highs, the lows. Like, that's a great accomplishment. I didn't even think we were going to talk about, I thought we knew we were going to talk about, like, Killy too, but I didn't think we were to go with the whole story. I actually, like, I have not really relived it like this, like, since. Like, me and you've talked, me and George have talked about it since, and you've told me some, like, parts here and there, but this is the first time I've got the full, like, detailed version. Like, I think that's a good, what, 40 minute. Yeah. Of Killy. Detailed Killy story. Yeah. And every once in a while when I want to like, if I'm, I don't know, feeling down or I just want to pump myself up, I jump on George's YouTube and I watch the video of us climbing and it just brings it all back. Yeah. And then we, we got to post that, some of I'll, your I'll videos. I'll put the yeah. link in. It's yeah. one of my favorite videos that we shot. Well, like, we can even share the video, at least like a snippet. Actually, no, because we can do Instagram live and you can play like a three, how long is the video? 10 minutes? No. Not even five, five minutes. Perfect. Five minutes. Well, it's one we'll of my longer, it, yeah. like, yeah. We'll post it on, uh, on our Instagram, but. That was honestly one of the cool ones. I guess we have a l- little bit. I want to ask a couple more questions, G, because this is one of your big things that you did. But obviously, you've done a lot of a lot of stuff. Like you're quite quite. I'm glad we got the boxing out earlier. Or else this <laughs> would have been the next, next forty minutes of boxing. So, okay. Besides Killy, yeah. of all the trips that you've done, or places you've seen, countries you visited, what's been the most memorable to you, and why? Like, let's go with country. Or, yeah, country or trip. I guess. I, I always say that uh, Vietnam was one of my favorite places to visit. I Whenever I travel, I always look Wait, for... Wait, not Greece? <laughs> not Nyata? <laughs> the center of the universe? Center of the universe. I love it, but <laughs> I expanded my horizons. Uh, so uh, end of grade, end of university, my graduation trip, me and two girlfriends did five weeks in Southeast Asia. And I'd done trips before. I went to Australia with my other girlfriend and... So it was fun, but Vietnam really took us out or Southeast Asia took us out of our comfort zone a bit more. And, uh, what I really appreciated about it was that it, they still, you still get a really nice culture shock. And whenever I travel, I like to experience a culture shock. Australia, it kind of feels like you're in Toronto or in Sydney. And then Melbourne is like Montreal. So you hit Vietnam, you get something different. What was really nice is one of my friends, Christine, her grandmother lives there. So we got to have a very local experience. So that's always been a very memorable trip for me. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Afterwards, we went on to Thailand and Bali and Singapore. And those, again, are a bit more Americanized. So I didn't get as much out of it. But um, South Africa, I think, that started our trip to our big Africa adventure we did I didn't want to go to South Africa and it was never on the top of my list. My, you were pi- I remember you were pissed. My dad you it was, wanted to go. You thought it was ruining your plans? Yeah, because I, I honestly wanted <clears throat> to be on Killy uh, for New Year's. And then we had to change the plans because my parents would be that'd there. That'd be pretty cool. Very yeah, cool. So very we cool. were in South Africa and it ended up being one of my, it's one of my favorite places I've ever been. It's, I don't know, there's something about it that's so cool. It, it's very eye-opening. It, it's a lot of poverty, but 
I think it's a beautiful country yeah. and it has a lot to offer. And then at the end of that, George and I did Namibia together. So Mark left, um, and it was a, like a desert country. Yeah. It was just very cool, very fun, very chill. Um, Namibia was a lot of fun. We, I still remember, we always joke about this, but we basically like rented a four by four and you drive and you go see, um, I'm probably going to mispronounce it, Devle. Yeah. Is it, su- or Susvle? Susuvle. Susuvle. Like so it's like that, that, that pan of water that dried in the desert that has those trees that look like just very They're dry, dead, dead, dead trees. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we actually, it was really cool. So Georgia planned this part. I didn't know much about Namibia, but looking it up, there's a lot of because um, it was an old settlement. I think German settlement, so yeah. there's like mining towns, a lot. There's a lot of German influence. Deadly was very cool. We stayed in like a campsite not far, like not camping, like tent camping. They were like huts almost. Very, very cool. Uh, but then we got there very early. We were one of the first people there, so I got to like fly the drone around, take photos. I was for gonna it. say because I remember some drone footage. Yeah, and you're not supposed to fly drones, but George was like, oh, "Let's try it out." Well, do you remember yeah. when they almost didn't let you take the drone to uh, where was it, Croatia, because the the propeller wings? Where were we again? I can't I remember. I think it was I've only ever been stopped twice there in <laughs> Jordan and in Jordan. I think I got it was stopped. when it was we were leaving Switzerland to go to Croatia. Okay. I think they I opened remember. your bag and they they were like, we got to take the propellers. They're mini knives. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, you see, it's a drone, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is wrong with, oh, you need to check it. And you know, George, I mean, he's cranky. I'm not checking the bag. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Okay. Pretty accurate, actually. So Let I'm, me uh, okay, I'll, meet you, I'll, meet you, I'll meet you down the road. <laughs> yeah, but uh, no, the that one, I, don't, I always don't remember that part. But I remember having getting getting in trouble, a couple, well, not in trouble, but getting stopped. But then there, we were there so early that I flew it. There was no one around. Brought it down. We walked around, took some photos, and like looked. And I was, I put the flight again, and someone comes over. And is like, hey, bring that down now. I was like, all right, man, cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah. jokes on you. I already got my videos. Exactly. And then, <laughs> okay, then this shots. is the crazy thing. So this is how nuts. For I guess one of the last stories, how crazy my sister is. <laughs> There's okay. Maybe I should back up first. So yeah, we actually did two crazy things that I thought were far crazy. Like Kelly was the most exciting and accomplishing, but the things that were the most terrifying was that Georgia convinced us to go bungee jumping in in africa in zambia and zimbabwe which is like right beside the victoria falls which was very cool so this is the first thing we did so this is right after that was right i after don't remember seeing, did you ever post any videos yeah you post, of, i think there's a I, I posted a video george made a really cool video of me yeah doing the bungee so i gotta, I gotta check that out we're yeah. gonna post all, all these <laughs> pictures and videos man this is great for context so now it's mark's gone me and George are doing a couple like maybe two weeks we're in africa we, so had, so, we had a week together yeah. before i left and then you went on on your trip and this was probably one of my favorite parts of the entire trip so we the first thing we did was swim the devil's pool yeah, so we were at the edge of Victoria Falls yeah. looking over, and it was just the two of us. We it were the was, end of the it was last low day. season. Yeah. So we were the last day. Of, so there's Devil's Pool and Angel's Pool. Yes. We did Angel's Pool. We I did think. Angel's Pool. Because Devil's What's the difference. Devil's Pool, you're, I think you have to like swim through the, the river, and it's really risky, and you're kind of more on an edge. Yeah. And that's where most people take their photos at the edge of Victoria Falls. We couldn't do it. I think the, the tide was too high. But we were they like said, the last day. Yeah. Like, we, they, if we wait another day or two, they wouldn't let us swim because the tide comes up. It was literally us two and one guide. It yeah. was honestly surreal. Like, looking back, I can't remember what it's like, the feeling, because... I look at these photos and I'm like, we're sitting on the edge of a hundred meter drop. But when you're up there, I don't think the current's that strong. Obviously not. But and you're blocked by rocks. Like you're not going over unless you're an idiot. Yeah. But it's still really, it's terrifying. It was the coolest place yeah. I've honestly ever said that, saw. When you said unless you're an idiot, I'm just thinking like uh, wedding crashers. Oh, honey, look at me. I'm just going to go boom. <laughs> what? That's like a great scene. Honestly, yeah. you have to be very careful because... I don't think there's many accidents. I think one person last year, or the year before we had went had, mm-hmm. had fallen off. And I think it was actually, unfortunately, was one of the guides. Yeah, oh, that's right. Um, 
but it's if they they I think they control it pretty well. But anyways, that was cool. But where I was getting at with the story of how crazy this girl is is that she's like, let's go bungee jumping. So I had gone bungee jumping previously because she had done it years before, and I was like, if my sister's doing this, I gotta do it. I had to. She's I had done. If she everything. goes in the basement. I gotta go in the basement. <laughs> I had to. She box. I had to. I had to do it. No matter what, not me. She bungee jump. I had to do it. Like I had just. She lost all that weight and I had to. Still couldn't do it. Still couldn't do it. <laughs> so she's like, let's go bungee jumping. So I'm like, okay. In my head, I was like, I've done one already. This can't be so bad. But then I'm starting to get like, remember the feeling, and I get freaked out. I'm like, this is a terrible idea. On the way there, Georgia goes, oh, by the way, this is the cord snapped here like three years ago. <laughs> Literally tells me the day before or something. I was like, are you? Yeah. I'm not gonna- for, for, uh, for some pretext, George is very paranoid. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a little, little bit, bit of yeah. yeah. overthink things. <laughs> but okay, to be fair, George went first, and that yeah, and as yeah. you said, yeah. well, no, it was, no, it was by my choice. Idea. Oh, well. I said, this is my logic. I said, there's two things that can happen. The cord, if the cord did snap, I'm gonna go first because if if she goes first, something happens to her. My dad will kill me anyways, <laughs> yeah. so I might as well go because if I'm going down, whatever. Yeah, I can't can't let the prize child go. That was the logic. <laughs> Meanwhile, right? Yanni's like, "Yo, you both go. <laughs> Impact's mine." <laughs> So that was the logic behind. But then we're getting he's getting strapped up and usually you're in a place they have like proper velcro and other things. They're wrapping towels around our legs. I wish I was kidding. Like George is like, I man, I need a couple more shots for this. Sketchy jump I I've ever yeah. experienced. I've I've only jumped twice, but it was it felt very amateur. Yeah. And but it's the coolest, like you're hanging out over the river, the falls are right behind you, and they just you you throw yourself over. Yeah. Crazy. So that was a lot of fun. When I went bungee jumping in Thailand, so I I was at um, I was on a, like an excursion with like maybe I don't know twenty people, and they were taking us to place and it's uh, bungee jumping. I'm like sick. It's in the forest. I'm like I'm gonna go you know over a mountain or something. And I'm thinking like those picturesque bungee jumping moments. I I kid you not. We get there. There's a go karting like little track to one side and then a pool with a crane where people are going bungee jumping <laughs> off. And I'm like, shit, I already paid. Mind you, it's like $30. I'm like, whatever. I already that paid. Seems so, legit. so you literally walk up the stairs on legit a crane and they strap you up up there. And then you jump into like, basically a, like you get to decide if you want to be dipped in the water, the pool, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, if yeah. you don't, I want it to be dipped in. Right. So I just remember thinking, I'm like, this could have been so much cooler. Instead, I'm basically <laughs> diving into a pool. Like, <laughs> I, I was still cool. It was, it's my, still first ju- it's still yeah, just, it was still my first time ever. It was still my first time doing it. So I was like, whatever. I guess still cool. But And then the trifecta of that was at the very last day in Namibia, we got to our hotel and I knew there was uh, skydiving. I called, crazy. Crazy. I, yeah. I, I, I called the I called the place and it was about two just before two thirty and yeah. she said, The last group is leaving right now. Can you get here? And I was we, like, well, I think we were out somewhere, like we, having breakfast. No, we were, or we were driving to the hotel. Oh, right, right. And then we got to the hotel. I called and said they're leaving now. And I was like, oh, I can't make it in time. She goes, We'll pick you up. So they pick, they drove, picked us up at the hotel. George came with me. I jumped my first skydive. And what's so cool about Namibia is they wait. Have, who went first? I didn't go. Didn't go oh, you, <laughs> I was like, No way! I'm jumping at this but fucking you, plane. But you went. You you <laughs> sorry. On like a, Let's yeah. I, I've gone skydiving from not for the record. I went at fifteen thousand feet, one of the highest you can do. I think but, I did twelve. Yeah, but what was so but cool also, about your plane Namibia? Was way sketchier. And you you jump through the clouds, so they have a really low fly, like low, low air traffic. So we got to skydive through the clouds. That's it. Yeah. So that was a really cool experience. And I I like I think people always say like, what's better, bungee jumping or skydiving? And I think they're two different feelings. 
But for me, I think it was the skydiving that really skydiving like, can also last longer, right? Like exactly, the free fall yeah. is 60 seconds or something. And I, yeah. I thought it was a lot scarier than bungee jumping nah, for some reason. Not for me. See, that's, it's an open yeah. debate, but I got to experience both in like three days. And well, it was, do you think it was scary? Because was it like you thought that the clouds are below you, like shit, I'm jumping the clouds? Or like, was it because you were thinking I think about the it or constant, the feeling? I think the feeling of the constant falling was pretty crazy. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It See, I really found cool. I skydiving. I did fun. The first time I did them, I did them both in the same day because I was rushed. My trip cut cut short in New Zealand, and that's where I did both. But I didn't find skydiving is I. Th- I think it was scary, but I think the thought, like my my rationale was like, okay, I'm strapped to this person. If something goes wrong, there's a backup shoot. They may be like, they have 60 seconds. They might be able to figure something out. <laughs> that's my logic. I'm rationalizing it. Bungee jumping is an eight second free fall, and the one I did was like in a gondola over a gorge. Uh, See, remember- that's cool. Like, it was, I mean? like, and I'm very proud of myself for throwing myself <laughs> off without even thinking because the guy goes, I'm going to count down to th- from three. Don't even think. This is Sparta. <laughs> Honestly, you're on a diving board. It's pretty much like that. But yeah, the feeling though, the feeling of bungee jumping, it's scarier leading up to it because you're like, I'm going to die. But the feeling you get is like, it's actually like, it's the adrenaline rush. Like it, yeah. You feel like you've been shot with adrenaline. It's insane. It was so yeah. amazing. So yeah, that was uh, that was the story that I wanted to get for Jordy. Like she went the t- sketchiest place to bungee jump <laughs> and to skydive. The plane in Namibia, like oh, I'll never forget that. But that was very cool. Yeah, that was a fun trip. And like, honestly, we, I guess that kind of wraps. Wait, no, no. Up. Before, oh, sorry, before sorry, we get to ahead. our last couple of questions that we ask everybody, I wanted to ask G out of all your traveling, out of all the traveling you've done, what's your favorite dish you've tried? Oh, since we've been talking about food a lot, I know George. <laughs> George gonna be like, oh, I can't pick one dish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just but getting George, cooked out here. Man, man, I'm funny today. I don't for know. For the record, I got comment. Jordan said I look like I lost weight, but thanks, Rick, for roasting. You do, okay? you do look good. I just gotta roast anyways. <laughs> Keep you in check. So G thanks, favorite man. dish you've tried traveling. Oh man. Um, and you can't pick anything from Greece. I uh, know. I don't think she would anyways. No. It's only a George yeah. thing. I think yeah. no, I, I think my, my one that always stood out to me, we were in Thailand in Kofengang however you say it for the full yeah. moon party and we were on the other side of the island and uh as you as we drove south and across we found this little vegan place called mama poos wow you even uh, remember the uh, name i remember it it was my mama like cover Poo's. photo on facebook for so long and we ate there like two three times in our state it was just such good food and like i don't know if it was mama poo but she was in the kitchen and having a good time but it, wow. it was a lot of that just always stood out to me it was just good like healthy vegan food and we drank after so i guess it balanced it all yeah. out but good, uh, good. that was a I, good meal i actually had a question do you have another one to follow up on that I have no it wasn't a fault it wasn't a fault my was separate i was just saying okay. we got to talk about your porters after you should give them a shout out because oh yeah for so i guess i have one 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 or two more but okay so uh, what's your ne- what's next on your bucket list if you can go to one place today or one part of the world today where are you going and why for uh, and are we invited <laughs> For uh, for traveling, I I'm, I really want to go to Cambodia. That's always been on my list. During that Southeast Asia trip, we bypassed Cambodia to spend some more time in Bali, which was great. Uh, but I've always wanted to go back to Cambodia and test it out or take a look. Um, but then in terms of the next adventure I want to do, I just was listening to a podcast recently and someone was talking about shark diving in Bimini. So I think that's like the next adventurous thing I want to try nuts. out. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I was trying to think I'll, of. I'll pass on the sharks. I was trying to think of what like adrenaline seeking thing I want to try next. And 
I when we were in South Africa, Yanni and Hannah were supposed to go shark diving. They ended up getting sick, so they had to miss it. And they were gonna go with great great, great whites. whites, yeah. But like in the cage, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, cage. I was say, yes, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. Right Rick, Rick's scared of climbing a mountain. He ain't going yeah. shark diving oh, with great whites. So I those used to be are, obsessed yeah. with Shark Week, though. Actually, when I was younger, like I would sit in front of the TV all week oh. and just watch it. Like I wouldn't even change the channel. I'd sit there. Yeah. basically and just watch all day long yeah, yeah. i i went the first time i went scuba diving was in at the great barrier reef and i was with my, my best friend Haley, and we went down and all of a sudden two sharks come they're like black tip sharks yeah, come around us <laughs> and she was like oh like i was trying to block her eyes from seeing it but it was a very cool experience they weren't anywhere near you they like hanging out the bottom but we both were kind of like we immediately froze and our guys like trying to tell us to calm down so well, it was even very when, cool. remember my parents' 25th anniversary in Dominican. We took oh, that. Yeah. Remember we took that little boat out. That was so fun. Thing. And those are like sharks that I guess they're reef sharks. Yeah, they don't eat any. There were sharks. Yeah, remember at the last stop, there was these massive sharks. They, remember they, my they, dad like, picked one would, up yeah, out of the water. They would put it on you, which is terrible. But yeah, we oh, have a yeah. photo together. Yes. Like me and you. Yeah, the sharks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're like the vegetarian sharks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there vegetarian sharks? They don't like they eat. Is it herbivores? Is yeah, that I a don't thing? Know. I don't know. Uh, I think they still eat fish, but Do they? I could be wrong. I don't know much about Fi- sharks. Fishivores. <laughs> Fishivores. <laughs> Honestly, man, yeah, that's. I. Uh, do you have an? I have one no, I, I, have one, I actually have. So, or no, I have one last question. Yeah, yeah, go, okay. go. So, G. Yes. If you could give one piece of advice yeah. to your younger self, what would you? What would you say? Um, I I think I would continue like put yourself in uncomfortable positions you I I always did that you grow from it you learn from it you have the most the best times and I think going back to what you guys asked about your favorite places you traveled ended up being places that I knew the least about I didn't do much research on I just kind of jumped in and went for it they ended up being my favorite trips so I think if you put yourself in those uncomfortable positions and whether it's trying for a, a boxing match or whether it's climbing a mountain you learn, you grow from it. You end up having the best experience. So keep doing that. Boom. Nice. That was good. <laughs> That's good. Man. That was See, great. This is, this is where I get my motivation from. Yeah. No, yeah. man. Yeah. This, this was great. But you honestly, okay, I'm going to pump your tires a bit. This has been a really great podcast to listen to because I think you guys, after every episode, I'm kind of like, oh, what are my goals? What is the next place I want to go? So you guys have kind of been like, reinvigorating that for me so thanks guys oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah. it. Well, listen, you also give us you do get good feedback i know you're probably she's probably one of my biggest critics but when she heard this at first like you know why don't you try this and that and we've made some like adjustments over some i mean i personally have and i know that she'll tell me like hey you gotta maybe don't talk so much about this and talk so much <laughs> about that george and but anyways no it's it's mutual right but we obviously appreciate the, the kind words and yeah. honestly thanks for coming on this was a lot of fun yeah, this is i great. like i'm fired up to go start bungee jumping <laughs> yeah, again let's, let's go do it but before we end i do want to give a shout out to the porters just in case anybody is like yeah. we talked about killy a long time yeah what company did you use so how can people remember. find them yeah it was top climbers expedition i think was the group yes and we booked them through another company but when i talked to them last they said book right through us they'll they get more of the money which is great um if anyone is ever interested in doing this climb you can contact me or george and we'll put you in with what you yeah. need to know and our tips and packing essentials yeah maybe we'll share some links and share the video george made yeah and i was gonna say george doesn't have social media so oh yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, so i guess hit up george so you can if if anyone wants any advice on killy you can message me and i can kind of direct you to georgia or i can send you the the links to the site that we use but but if you're even thinking about climbing killy i 100 thousand percent think 
just go for it. Yeah. It's, it's one of the greatest experiences ever for me to this day. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. I think that's a great way to end off. Honestly, this has been an amazing. This is a great episode. <laughs> I, mean, I, really honestly, I agree. This. Like this, Thanks guys. The Killy story was hands down my favorite story we've told on this podcast. Yeah. Like start to finish. Like Eric Radford's was awesome too. And like hearing like his gold medal story was great, but that's like a full like 10 year story. Whereas this is like a one week. I felt like I was there. Yeah. So G, thanks for coming on. Uh, you've been an absolute amazing guest. We're definitely going to have you on in the future. And yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's great. Wicked. Thanks, guys. Perfect. Signing off, pals. Thanks, pals. Bye. You like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain. And I don't remember all of my mistakes in every eye.